0: Axiom, The Tasty Truth. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to I Like Your Style with Elu Bryson. Today's guest, we have Melody Lynn from Queen of the Static Opera, here to uh, make love to America gently with a chain style. How you doing there, Melody.
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I can't complain. Just working for the man, fighting the power, fucking shit up. You know how it goes. Um right. so tell us a little bit about about you and, and Queen of the Static Opera.
1: Okay. Um well Queen of the Static Opera is my um industrial dark wave trip hop R and B rock project <laughs> that has many genres. Um but yeah, it's, it's a keyboard-based uh, project. I'm the vocalist, the songwriter. Um, I do have a producer that is part of the band, Israeli. Um, and yeah, that's Queen of the Static Opera.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, what's one thing that you wish you knew when you'd started Queen of the Static Opera?
1: One thing I wish I knew? That's a good question. Uh, like everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, for real, like there's so much stuff I I wish I knew. I wish I knew how. Um, I wish I had just. God, I don't even know where to start. I wish that from the get go, because I had always been around music. Um, I had been more like a more dedicated musician earlier on, because I think I could be really, really far if I had been, because I, like, had grown up with my my dad was a really good guitar player. And I had always been around really good musicians and like I had opportunities to like take more kind of lessons and classes that I never, I didn't want to take because I wanted to go this like do it yourself, self-producing route. And just like, I didn't want any formal lessons for a period. (laughs) I just wanted to do this weird thing. I was more interested in like visual arts and like theater and just weird. Like I was just kind of like writing stories and stuff like that. And I liked music but I was really scared to actually um, like perform. So my other creative outlet when I was really shy would just to be like, do weirder art alone that didn't involve like other people teaching me things. But I did have my dad like learn, you know, he did teach me guitar and he taught me some stuff, but I just feel like had I dedicated myself earlier on, I would um, probably be like further. But I mean, that's not to say like I'm not happy with what I'm doing, but, I think still, you know, just would have been nicer. <laughs>
0: no, that makes total sense. But just a little bit of a, a heads up to you, just from my experience having gone to school and studied music that, and music technology formally, I've learned more in six months on YouTube than I did in four years of college. So, you know, that, you, you might yes, be yeah. you might be making the right decision there at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I didn't go to music school. But I mean I had like a lot of a lot of the people though like that are really good musicians I've known are kind of not people that are even formal. Like, it seems like they're, they're they're more people who like just played by ear and are just really good for some reason. (laughs) Like they're just natural. Like the guy, I friends, like the guy, you know, I work with Disraeli, like he's a really just, you know, he's really, really great, uh, proficient musician, but like, and was really gifted, but he would like never really, he's still not really even like, but he plays, like, by ear, kind of, so I always, like, looked, like, had been more of a, and then as a singer, by, I'm, like, I was always more of a, by ear, I'm just trying to, like, figure this out, kind of just, like, very bravely trying to do this, and then it just, after a period of time, developed into something that actually sounded professional, because, yeah, but I, like I said, I just, I wish I had but then I think also some formal training might have like made my voice sound different, and if my voice didn't sound exactly what it sounded like now, people might perceive it differently. So I think everything is what it's supposed to be.
0: Hey, okay. I'm about it. Um, changing gears, what does the phrase "sex, drugs, and rock and roll" mean to you? Uh,
1: I mean, in like what context? Just in general?
0: Just in general, yeah. <laughs>
1: A complicated like loaded question um I mean I would say like my my EP is like totally like this EP is totally like my sex drugs and rock and roll EP um I mean I I think so I don't know what does it mean to me (laughs) um I guess it just means I don't know uh I'm for some reason stumbled on like stumbling on this that's, question because it feels too complicated. Her, just,
0: we'll listen to my, the EP when it comes out and we'll figure it out then.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. What
0: <laughs> I said? We'll we'll listen to the EP when it comes out and then we'll 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 know then.
1: But that's what I think. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is. I think it's my EP. All right.
0: Fuck
1: um. Yeah. Also, like, I think it's like an experience though. Actually, an album gives you and like an artist gives you. Like, if that artist can give you sex, drugs, and rock and roll, those are the kind of artists that are like those are the artists that people are dedicated to forever that are just those artists that are just special. Like those people that could actually sell that in a way that's like sleek and sexy and like available, uh, or like sleek and sexy and like appealing, a bit appealing, I guess in a way that's not like, um, a- to like 80s hair metal
0: <laughs> That's the best answer I've gotten to this question So far it wasn't meant to be loaded Like everyone always thinks it is but most People are like oh that just sounds like outdated 80s hair metal I'm like it, sure But it's not it doesn't Have to be um, <laughs> uh, On a scale of 1 to 10 how weird are you
1: I'm um,
0: pretty weird <laughs> Probably like a 10 I guess 10 out of 10 just full on yeah. You know sweet yeah know. what's the weirdest thing you've done this week
1: the weirdest thing i've done this week um told people that i was scared ghosts were watching me masturbate that's probably the weirdest thing i've done this week
0: that's, that's <laughs> the weirdest thing i've heard this week so yeah i say you've earned that 10 good job because
1: uh, <laughs> <My first day. laughs> i was like what if anyway i'm just saying
0: <laughs> no it's a distinct possibility um yeah. what have you listened exactly. to lately that's inspired you
1: I was listening to I was listening to Emma Ruth uh, Rundell this morning and I felt really inspired by her I was listening to um, what was was I listening to I was was listening to like some like harpsichord metal synth dungeon synth that my friend suggested for me which like I didn't know that there was actually a subgenre called dungeon synth
0: (laughs) I didn't either (laughs) but but, I'm really excited to know that there is
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like black metal harpsichord, I guess, kind of. And it, it was like sort of invented for like the Dungeons and Dragons thing. And I used to be like a and d role-playing person. So I was like intrigued by this. <laughs> so I've been like, enjoying uh trying to discover like dungeons and synth dungeon yeah dungeons i feel like i'm saying it wrong like all the hipsters will be like or oh, whatever
0: <laughs> how dare they um yeah so what yeah. if as, as a as a or what what character do you usually like to play
1: bard for sure mm-hmm.
0: that's the funny thing like i've never played a bard and I'll, every time i ask like why have you never played a bard you should be the bard in any campaign i'm like I don't know I yeah. just like fucking with people as a rogue like it's it's my thing but uh I don't know I I know that I'm gonna start a campaign soon I'll probably probably play a bard because that sounds like a lot of fun um, I
1: was playing the bard is kind of hard though because like if you're in a group with a lot of strong people like the you know you don't you can't really do anything except for you're really charismatic and you can play songs <laughs> so it's like and then even then there's always like there was always somebody in my D and D group that was more charismatic than me so it'd be like oh who's gonna roll to like fight this monster it's not the bard because she's not valuable <laughs> except for the fact that she's a bard but it was like you have to be a bard because you know duh you make music how can i not be a bard um, i like to imagine in a past life i was a bard <laughs> so that would be nice
0: I'm about it. Um, So what's your, what's been your biggest failure so far and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh, I mean, I've, I've failed. Like, I mean, I've failed in performing like numerous times. I mean, I've succeeded. Like I've put on like incredible, I mean, not incredible, but performances I felt incredibly good about. And I've put on performances. I felt totally like awful about. So, I mean, sometimes you you know sometimes like especially I think as for singing it's sometimes I'll like I went through a phase where I was really shy and I'm not really like this anymore now I can just kind of sing in front of people but I went through a phase where I was really shy so like I when I would try to sing when I would sing alone it would sound pretty great but when I would try to sing in front of people if I got really nervous like my throat would just like close up and I would just like I just totally failed um but then, like after, after, after I kept failing, and just decided to make like failing sort of part of my acts because, like, like also because I, I was punk and I was hardcore, and I would just like start rolling around on the ground and screaming and not really care. <laughs> um, but I made a failing part of my act, and I got comfortable at it. I got comfortable at failing, and then I started succeeding through being comfortable at failing. So that is, I guess, to say like I don't really think that if you fail at like music, there is failure. I feel like failure is inevitable if you start doing it and that you have to fail first before you succeed anyway because I I feel like the whole start of doing anything musical is failure. It doesn't matter how good you sound in your bedroom. It is really hard to go on stage and sound like that, Um, like at first especially. So I think that failing is part of it. You're (laughs) you're you're 100% right. Yeah.
0: You you had something
1: yeah sorry go on <laughs> oh i
0: thought you i thought you had something to finish with sorry um <laughs> but you know you're absolutely 100 percent right on that like yeah no, nobody goes on stage the first time and fucking kills it i've never heard of that like all of my exactly. favorite artists you know you look in their their early history right you find early live videos of them performing and they are not good <laughs> like,
1: oh my god they're awful yeah it's embarrassing sometimes it's I, just like not even like it's like, what the hell? I was watching this video of, like, Marilyn Manson singing in an acoustic shop when he was, like, a 15-year-old boy, and I was like, wow, why did I ever watch this
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to give you hope <laughs> in, the, in your future, knowing that if he was that bad and is who he is today, that, right? The but, only artist I think I've ever seen, like, the early, before they were big days that were like, fuck, they were good then, was Robert Smith. Like, when he was a teenager, he was still a fucking badass somehow. I, I don't get it, but, you know, he's magic, so...
1: That might be because he was, like, so weird, though. It was, like... I mean, to be honest, I, I, he he was probably... Just, like, there's something about, like, the goth subgenre of music where, like, if you just, like, have it and you're really weird, it's just not about technical ability. It's about, like, is there some... Is there that spirit in you? Like, Peter... Like, Peter Murphy or something. Like, when he sings, it's, like... Is that the spirit of, like... I don't know. There's just something else with goth singers that you... just something you have to have and you either have it or you don't have it. Yeah. Um... Especially those kind of people
0: for sure um that that's absolutely right so uh what advice would you give someone aspiring to be a musician
1: i would say you should only do it if you really 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 want to do it because it's a it's like all about failing and it's really hard and there's like no money in it so just being honest and real with joe but uh i mean not to say you can't be successful at it cuz obviously there's a reason i'm still trying to do it clearly i have hope of being successful and, or that i feel i'm becoming successful but um like i think know who you are as an artist before you come out with yourself otherwise you will ruin it for yourself so i think like if you want to be if you really want to do this, take time to really develop yourself. I feel like Queen of the Static Opera, even though it seems like maybe like I can't I like really only start doing stuff like officially like bigger shows and like actually putting my EP out like a year ago or two. But like conceptually in my head, I've been figuring out who Queen of the Static Opera is for like ten years. So I mean, pretty much since I've wanted to do music. So I guess just know yourself.
0: Yeah, no, you're spot on because before you release your first, you know, release, you have forever to plan it out. You know, you figure out who you are and what direction you want to go in and what what your niche is and all that shit. But then once you start putting it out there and marketing yourself and this is who I am, you know, then I mean, you know, you still have a little room to experiment while you figure out what your fans like and that kind of stuff. But you're you're there. You're out there. You got to start all over again if you decide to do something different. Uh,
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like if you're an artist, if you come out and you're, I guess if like, if like, if like, say like you come out as an artist with a, you know, doing a project with like some person that's just not the right genre for you for some reason, but it was the only person you knew. And then you tried to get like some kind of somewhere with that and you just never fit in with the genre you ended up in because you were doing the wrong genre. It's like that kind of stuff is like, you need to, because people really like other musicians and the people that will help you along the line who really know music will look at you and see like, is this, an authentic expression of art coming from this artist because that's what we're looking for because that's what people want to hear we don't don't spend your life trying to there's a lot of people will just like want to do music and they'll just want to do it for the sake of doing it and they'll take whatever opportunities around them rather than seeing what opportunity is actually best for them as an artist
0: oh yeah i spent forever in that hole i was in so many bands that i just just in because my friends were in mean, them and it was not the type of music i want to be playing and you know it's just just not a, a thing and you know i'm i'm glad i finally figured out that i could do it by myself right but <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah me, that was like me with cleanest tech opera because i was in minnesota before and there were not there was like, I couldn't really find anybody until Disraeli really, who really wanted to do the same thing as me. Everybody else that I knew was around that did music wanted to do a different kind of music. And I was just like this weird creature, and everybody just called my music creepy because I would just like produce myself at that point in my bedroom. So I was just making these creepy bedroom like demos under a different name. <laughs> And yeah, nobody really wanted to fuck with me. I mean, I, I, and so like I tried to start a metal band. It didn't really like a full, like real metal band and it didn't really work out either. So, but then I think like, yeah, I mean, everything works out for a reason. I, the situation I'm in, I think is perfect for me as an artist. So yeah, you have to find yourself.
0: Oh yeah. I'm about it. Hmm. Um, so who are the three people that you would say have been the most influential to uh, queen and static opera?
1: Of like famous artists or famous people artists' I know. family,
0: anything. It's very open. All these questions are going to be very open ended. Like, you know, what does it mean to you?
1: Um. So my my I mean the most influential people for Queen of Stag Opera, my dad, because my dad was like my musical teacher, um, and you know, I don't know if you know any. My I post about my dad a lot, but my dad was a was a he was like a professional touring musician for 20 years so he was kind of a bit of a rock star back in his day he got signed when he was really young uh, like in like 1964 because my dad was old he's, he's not um alive any longer but he got signed um he toured and he has had like amazing rock star stories when i was a little kid uh, he he's the one that made me feel like I could do music. He told me, you know, you're a really good writer, which was what I was at first. What I was really good at was just, like, writing songs, like the lyrics and the melodies, kind of. That's what I was good at. And uh, he encouraged me to get better at the other things. And so I would say my dad. And then other two people, hmm, probably, like, Bjork. <laughs> And, like, there's another person. Maybe, like, Bjork and, like, Kate Bush. Or maybe, like, Bjork, Kate Bush, or, like, Trent Reznor. Just, like, to get, like, all the basics. But, (laughs) But, I mean, like, if if you want to go really with what it sounds like and biggest influences and stuff, I think that it sounds a lot like Nine Inch Nails, and it sounds a lot like my other influences, which are like Tori Amos, Kate Bush, uh, PJ Harvey, like Nick Cave, uh, like Faith No More. I also likes, like metal, um, Emily Autumn. Uh, like, I like underground industrial and like Baroque industrial, and like uh, I like like gothic cabaret music and like just sort of like other little things that mix in with Queen of Stack Opera. Um, but yeah something like
0: that yeah it's a good thing this isn't a math test because that was a lot more than three but that those were all great um god i love trent Reznor. like i love trent Reznor's story the whole urban legend oh, love- about him like working as a janitor in the studio so that he could sneak in and record shit late at night oh
1: yeah totally. he is he is uh no he was always my like in a way he was my he was one of my biggest inspirations i think for queen of stack opera too, because it was like trent Reznor, nine Inch nails isn't really a band but it's kind of a band and that's what i feel like queen of stack opera is cuz like i have rotating musicians that come and play with me but really like when it terms to like who's writing queen of stack opera and what it is i feel like like it's just like really it's just like me and like one person but it can appear like a band so i wanted to be like trent Reznor, where it's like it is a one person band but it's but he is going under a name and but, you know, anyway, his mystique of well, like also I like his control freak kind of mentality because I feel sometimes like if you don't do it yourself, that the people will not do it right. And then at the end of the day, if you're like the face of the band, you're responsible for and you're like you all the responsibility of how they respond to how whatever it sounds like or, you know, whatever you're putting out is on you. So you can't really rely on other people to do it when they're not as responsible as like the person who is like, this is, I am the artist, you know, like the artist. Trent Reznor was like the artist of Nine Inch Nails.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally get and relate to that because, like, yeah, I'm also I'm I don't have the uh, the rotating cast. I'm still I'm still in the playing with backing tracks phase of uh, of my career, right? So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, one day I can I've, find that rotating cast I've, of musicians.
1: I mean, it's not like. I mean, I'm not saying it like, oh, I have so many people who want to work with me or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, I I do have people that want to do stuff but not everybody does the same stuff or it doesn't always work out it doesn't always sound good you know like you have to find the right person I mean I like to collaborate with people I work with like sometimes I collaborate with people and like you never hear it <laughs> like it never comes out <laughs> stuff like that cause it just like you know it is what it is um, but yeah I used to play with backing tracks too actually um, a Lingua Ignata actually does a kickass show with backing tracks from what I've seen on YouTube like she does like she just says, like a she has her like I think like a keyboard set up and like a pedal or something running through the keyboard, and then she just like has a backing track. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Yeah. So it's not really, it's not really like. I might honestly like I've had band shows too. When quarantine is over, um, I would it'll probably be me and my key my uh, producer keyboardist Queen of the Stack Opera guy. It'll probably just be me and him playing. But like if he doesn't want to play too. I might just be me and my keyboard and a backing track and like maybe some fog and some lights and some strobe lights and stuff. You see, I get creative with it. Yeah. Honestly, no. like Emily Audum, does backing track shows. A lot of people do backing track shows. It's not really yeah. like too awful.
0: If you can, if it's you can get blue. a fog machine, then everything's <laughs> golden. You can just pretend like the shadows are your bandmates. Right. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I love it.
1: That's uh, fog. Like for real, like a fog machine makes everything so much more magical. <laughs>
0: well thanks i i should invest in one that sounds like that's yeah. a brilliant idea uh, so where can our listeners connect with you online where's your like hub
1: um connect it i well follow me on spotify and bandcamp is the best place to support me in a direct way that actually will help me with funding um and i reply most to my Instagram. So you can follow me Instagram slash Queen of the Opera or uh, Queen of the Opera on Spotify also has my first EP Spaceships, has my single Warm Leatherette and then soon my next EP coming out, uh, Make love to America Gently with a Chainsaw.
0: I love that name so much. Is Warm Leather a single off the upcoming EP or is that kind of like it went off?
1: No, it's a single. It's going to be on the. Mm-hmm.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, let's give it a listen right now, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll talk chat about it in a second. Here we go. Warm leatherette. That fucking track. Like <laughs> as soon as that like giant trash can industrial snare gets in, it sounds so fucking huge and I love it.
1: Oh yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing. Um so where when, uh tell us about the recording of this track and the EP and uh that process for that.
1: Sure. Um well, oh there's a there's an echo it's gonna disrupt my talking.
0: Hmm. It's good on this. You sound good on this side. Let's uh, see here.
1: Okay. Anyway, Snow we'll tell you about the recording. Okay. Um, so I don't, so that song, well, I really liked the, I found that song. I mean, obviously it's a, uh, it's a cover of, you know, the original song from the seventies by the normal. Um, my friend, well, not my friend, my bandmate just basically called up me and was like, I have this great idea. You should sing One Motherette, and we should just do a cover in, like, two hours and just release it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, we went and I, he kind we kind of, like, worked through it a little bit. Um, but we, then we, like, actually stopped. I think we, like, we worked through, we didn't really work through it the first day, actually, thinking about it. So, basically, he had an idea to do a cover and I just agreed to it. Um, we did the vocals really fast. I didn't really practice that much though. So it just kinda came to me like how to sing it. And then he did most of the instrumentation. So I didn't really do any instrumentation on one leatherette. Um but yeah, we put together really fast. It seemed like it was just like we were supposed to we were supposed to do it, because the cool thing is we ended up uh emailing that to the guy who did warm leather you know who wrote the song and he really liked it which was amazing so i'm grateful for that and mute records actually posted it which was really cool of them so like maybe we were really supposed to do that cover people really seem to be responding to it um i don't know kind of just happened (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, people are definitely responding. What is it? You got, like, several thousand plays on that track, like, over 10,000. That's fucking, yeah. you're killing it.
1: People really like it. yeah. I mean, well, it's it's getting there. I mean, I'm not, like, he, I'm definitely not going to be competing with Halsey anytime soon or anything, <laughs> but... It's kind of a weird place, like, genre-wise, too, because some playlists and stuff are, like, not really sure what to do with it because it's, like, they're, like, it's too... Some playlists are, like, it's too industrial, then other playlists are, like, it's not industrial enough, which is, like, a problem with Queen of the Static Operas. I don't... It kind of doesn't fit in anywhere, I feel like. The sound... I mean, I feel like it does, in my head, sound very uh, commercial in a way, but, like, still... It just sounds, like, commercialized industrial to me. Like, that's what Queen of the Static Opera sounds like um to put it in like the most unartistic and unappealing terms possible (laughs) because i'm trying to apparently but just to say like that that's what it is it's just like it's nice industrial and um but yeah people don't really know where to put it it seemed like we were just supposed to do this cover for some reason though i really just tried to sing it kind of like uh peter murphy sang it when he did the live version with trent reznor um, but sort of like a girl version and then a mixture of that and the original, which is obviously amazing and really innovative and awesome. And I love uh, synth music. So it was fun to do it.
0: Oh yeah. I'm about it. And I obviously need to check out that, uh, that version that uh, yeah. Um, anyway uh, yeah, that was uh that's fucking rad. And yeah, commercial, industrial, I'd say that's, you know, an accurate but unappealing uh way of putting it but yeah a lot, all these all these playlist gatekeepers that you know you submit your music to that you know they'll, they'll always they always have the weirdest responses like i really like this but it's not happy enough well, for my playlist right yeah, like
1: right. <laughs> it doesn't fit exactly what they want it to fit and like i don't know where queen stack opera is gonna fit in in music um I think like it's because it's like I feel like I'm still really doing my own thing, um, no matter what. But it's like weird because I feel it's not. It's almost it's not quite noisy enough to even be like noise and indie and be like like some band like Hyde or something like that. It's not. It's not that noisy, but it's also definitely not pop. So where do I go? And my structures on my songs are all wrong for pop music too. But on one hand, on that hand, but on the other hand, it's like, it's engineered really well. You know, it's mixed really well. It's, it's clearly like high quality, like from a um, sonic standpoint. So I don't know where it's going to fit in, but we'll see how people uh, perceive it, I guess, as things go on. Um, especially with my EP, it's going to have like a lot, a mixture of um, genres on it, sort of. I mean, everything is still kind of with me, like, I like to do stuff that's really melancholy or really hard, you know, and, like, obviously I tend to write about more, um, I like somber kind of topics, and I'm an edgelord, apparently, or something, <laughs> uh, because I can't stop writing about stuff like that, and I, I like to scream, and I love, you know, I love metal, and I love, like, punk, and I would never, like, so it's, like, hard for me to be fully electronic, like, I'm going to swim in the fields at EDM because I can never, I can never be there either. So I don't know. We'll see. But there is, this, there is the, the, the song, um, uh, Lysa's, Lysa's, Lysa's metamorphosis. I'm not actually sure the pronunciation. Cause I named it after a goddess, um, like the Greek goddess of madness. And there's a, um, like a more electronic version where I, I re sang the song, um, differently. And I, I, added different melodies and I sang it more softer and more like, cause I've, my, my voice has also grown a little bit since my last EP. So I'm more into like melodies and stuff. Cause I've been, <laughs> that's my name, but anyway, <laughs> um, melodies and stuff. So I sang a more like ambient, dark ambient, uh, version of it. And it almost sounds like it's, it's like almost like borderline, EDM-ish territory, but it's, like, way not EDM at all, so I don't even know, maybe synth, I don't even know what the genre name would be, like, synth, some, synth, I don't know, it's just, like, really melancholy, synth wave or something, but, that's just to say, I don't know, genre-wise, where this is gonna fit in, I have, like, uh, another song on my album that's really more just, like, hip-hop, and, and then there's another song on my album that's just, like, orchestral strings that has no drums, And then, um, but I really wanted a lot of the album to be like upper, more uh, fast paced than my last album. So most of it is pretty danceable, still, except for that one song.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. Like, and I, I know a lot of people are. Like, genre is overrated. Genre hasn't been, you know, since the grunge era, nobody's cared about genre. Like, it's it's all about crossing you know and of course at the same time like you know you want to find what you're doing and find your people right like there's plenty of bands out there that have like a funk song and then a hip-hop song and then a rock song that like you know people get into like that one ballad that they have and then the rest they hate the rest of their music right that's a trap you can (laughs) fall into when you cross genres but like with what you're doing I I think there's definitely people who want to hear like the crossing of genres that you're doing I think there's there's a lot of big stuff out there like you know you mentioned peter Peter murphy like there's there's not a lot of people who are making that kind of music well right and so like
1: yeah (laughs) that's so true yeah
0: you know i i see a lot i go i go through like a lot of videos like looking for people to be on the podcast right and i see all these synthwave and darkwave artists that are just like really badly setting up a synthesizer with an arpeggiator and a drum machine and just like awkwardly talking into, and i'm like what is this this is i mean it's kind of musical oh, you know yeah but, like you keep keep going buddy like you're you're on your way but you know you've got like we were talking about earlier you got to find you've got another like three or four years of finding yourself as an artist before you're yeah. you know it's uh but that's that's a thing you know it takes uh it takes a long time it takes ten thousand hours to master anything <laughs>
1: so so true well I think goth is like one of those weird things too where like everybody who feels like they're in a lot of pain can just do it but sometimes even people who don't sound like like somebody like Robert uh, Smith who doesn't have like a traditional voice he's not like Mariah Carey people don't realize like that takes a lot of talent still like everything they're doing so everybody thinks like maybe I can do it (laughs) you know but it does require still like some training (laughs) some work and hours put in um, that's not to say, but like I think it's beautiful. People should try. You have to suck at first before exactly. you sound good, and you have to make mistakes before you sound good
0: exactly that's that's the thing you you never know you nobody ever became good without sucking at first you know like mm-hmm. I, I mean i'm sure that there's somewhere some video somewhere where robert Smith was like six years old learning how to play guitar sucking i guess <laughs> i don't know because like you you watch him 17 and like his voice is you know it's it's it's, it's unique it's special it's different but blah, blah, blah. his guitar playing he's one of the most slept slept on guitar players like out there i know he never gets included oh. in any top 10 list and i think he in school most of the best guitarists out there so but that's just me uh
1: a lot of those a lot of those classic dudes especially dudes from the 80s like man the musicianship also like is way next level and different i mean it doesn't depend every generation it seems like we kind of decrease in musicianship because like even like i think it was who was saying i was somebody um Michael Jackson's producer Quincy Jones yeah he was saying something about how like the Beatles were like shitty musicians but then like when you ask like Dave Grohl or something about the Beatles musicianship Dave Grohl goes oh they were like super proficient musicians you know musicians because it's just like the musicianship has changed as technology has changed so like what is required is just different now Um, and like sound is different. And I think there's respect in that. But still, like, let's just, like, acknowledge, you know, most people from, like, a hundred years ago musically could school, like, everybody at the top of the chain right now, probably.
0: Oh, totally. Um,
1: in positions. Yeah. I mean, I know as a vocalist, like, I couldn't stand up to, like, like, I wouldn't want to, like, have to sing after, like, Nina Simone or something like that. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nobody would. I don't exactly. even think Enum
0: Simone would want to sing after herself like that's that's a right. t- <laughs> tough act to follow. Uh, but yeah, I love that one story about the Beatles like they all had to like like there was like one guitarist in their town who knew how to play a B7 chord so like they all hopped on the bus and went to this dude's house and he taught him how to play B7 and then they wrote a song based around B7 like the craziest shit that's- about how Beatles learned music. <laughs>
1: I didn't actually didn't know that story and I'm like and like I know a lot about the Beatles, So that's amazing. I didn't know that story. That's a good story. That ah. sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> the first couple chords I learned, I remember cuz of like my, my cuz of the mentality I like had from my dad being a rock star. I had some weird older bloated 6-year-old fantasy that I was just automatically a rock star too. So like but when I was 10, I think he taught me like a song that was like five chords on guitar. And like, I just took those chords automatically and it was like, okay, now I'm going to write a song. Like, all right, I wrote a song. <laughs> like for me, it was just like, Oh, and it's good. Cause I think it's good. Cause I'm 10 and everything I do, I believe is good. <laughs> and that's how you, you kind of need that blind. Like almost want to say like, you need to be kind of delusional at first about how good you sound to get to the point of sounding really good because performing is really hard. Um, And a lot of performers are actually like really shy people who can't express themselves in day-to-day life as much Um, So we really want to express ourselves on stage. I feel like I don't know if you feel like that. That's how I feel Uh, And so like for me, it was like an obstacle or goal in life to be able to get myself to even where I am now Was like I remember dreaming of being able to be where I am now when I used to be scared to even go on stage, you know
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was never scared of going on stage, even when I sucked, which in retrospect was probably not the greatest idea. But, you know, fear <laughs> fears never been one of my, you know, I, I was, I guess I was born without being afraid of things. Just, you know, like, that's, that's just how hey, that, it went. Like, the hard part's over. Yeah. So everything seems easy. <laughs> um,
1: that makes but- I mean, I was, like, afraid of it and not afraid of it. I think, like, I got more, gave myself more pressure as time went on because, like, I did do talent shows and stuff when I was really young. But, like, I don't know. I still remember I always felt really, like, nervous. I always get nervous before staying, like, actually going on, I guess. Or I had worse nerves. Um, Now I just, like, have It's, like, when you fail. So if you just, like, go on stage and realize if you sound bad, nobody cares. It gives you really a lot of room to sound good.
0: Yeah. So that's good for me. Check, can you check your audio real quick? You're, you're coming through like you're talking in a wind tunnel here. All of a sudden. Oh,
1: hello. Can
0: oh, that's better. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's, that's better. No. I I don't know what happened, but. uh yeah, um, but you're absolutely right. But then you've got this little 10-year-old girl who's been, like, challenging all the, like, she's, like, been, like, she's this multi-instrumentalist. I think her name's Nadia, and she's all over the internet just, like, playing, like, Foo Fighters songs and Rage Against the Machine songs on every instrument, and, like, they're, you know, getting, like, you know, having rock drum battles with Dave Grohl and shit. Oh,
1: yeah, well, some people are just, like, some people are just, I mean, some people are naturally just, like, amazing musicians, really young, like, I wasn't one of them. I really wasn't. I was, but, like, you know, some people just are. But that doesn't even necessarily mean, even though, you're going to, like, make music and be one of the greatest musicians ever, though, because a lot of the greatest musicians weren't the most gifted musicians, necessarily, from, like, a technical. Like, they were never these crazy multi instrument I mean, there are some who were. I wish I was one of those people. I mean, that'd be awesome. Like, those people are awesome, but... Um, I feel like what actually makes it is like a whole package. And if like what you're, if just, it's just about, the, I mean, I think it's about the whole package, I guess. Uh, Cause a lot of those people, I mean, I was just talking to my friend about like, where are half of these American Idol people that we used to watch all the time? Like, where are they? <laughs> right. The people that won, only like three of them are actually successful. Like that you've heard of, like where are the rest of them? I don't know what happened to any of them. It's because it's like, you can have all the ability in the world, but if you don't have something cool that people like, it doesn't matter, which is why a lot of times just some really cool motherfucker comes along and, you know, just has a really good idea and can, you know, sort of play and sort of sing and wins the heart of America because they were just really cool. (laughs) So it seems like more it's just, I don't know. I don't know what is the factor or what determines it. Um, For me, I just create because I like to create.
0: Um, we've kind of gone over this, but what was the exact moment you knew you wanted to be a musician?
1: The exact moment I knew I wanted to be a musician. The exact moment I knew I had to be a musician was when I heard York, all is full of love. Then I knew I had to make, like I really, when I heard like trip hop, basically weirdly enough. So I don't technically make just trip hop. I really like trip hop. Um, I knew I really wanted to do it because I felt like this weird trip hop music that was really cool and obscure to me at the time because I was pretty young and I had not heard of it. It wasn't like trip hop was really being played on MTV when I was a kid. Um, Like I knew and I felt really connected to it and I just then I knew I had to do music to express something inside of me that wasn't going to be expressed in any other way
0: for sure no and that that's a that's a perfect song to use as an example i fucking love Bjork. um yeah uh, i'm i'm super into trip-hop too like one of my big like ideas of like how i'll know like the my main my main long-term goal is to do like uh you know porter's head nyc roseland show with an orchestra that kind of thing like that's the that's the big dream right like all
1: right <laughs> They're so awesome. I love Portishead. Oh,
0: fucking good. Love- when are they coming out with another album? Eventually, maybe. We'll see.
1: Uh- <laughs> with one, Adrian Utley does stuff with other people. Um, he did the theme song for True Detective. It was really uh, good with this random band. And Adrian Utley just produced this random band. And I wish that Adrian Utley would produce them all the time because they sound amazing with Adrian Utley. But um, they sound fine without adrian utley but with adrian utley it's like god he's just he's just like a genius but, yeah that makes yeah. sense at, at Voice. i mean i sing portis head all the time i hate when people uh um act like she can't sing because honestly when you really try to hit her notes i mean i can sing portis head but she like she can she really is an amazing vocalist yeah who's the emotion who's, who the, the fuck is like when that she, and she like can get really loud too and it's just like
0: oh yeah no, her <laughs> control's insane i don't know i've never heard anyone say that beth is a anything less than a phenomenal vocalist she's even have you heard that orchestral stuff she's been <laughs> doing lately i don't know what does she be doing She worked with like some symphony and did this big, uh, big number with like some Hungarian symphony. Like, I'll I'll find the link and send it to you later. But it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's very different, but it's really good.
1: I like it. Sounds
0: cool. Yeah, she's she's awesome. So, uh, totally switching gears here. What's your favorite curse word?
1: Definitely um, fuck for sure. But I mean, that's everybody's favorite curse word. Isn't it? Uh, no, oh, wait,
0: well, no. You- I've had a few Australians on this show, so uh, it's either fuck or cunt. Um,
1: but yeah. Oh my God! You know what? I'm gonna go with cunt. Actually, that's a great. <laughs> that's my favorite curse word. It words. is. It Correct. is. It's
0: so good. It's so. It's. Uh, I mean, yeah. Fuck's really use- versatile, right? Like you can use it. In, I was reworded in a sentence, but like cunt still has like gravity.
1: <laughs> it's better when you have like an accent, though. Like if you cunt.
0: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, and then like the Johnny
1: op- <laughs> I want Johnny Ro yep. like <laughs> <cool. Nailed it. laughs> uh,
0: so the opposite, what's your favorite piece of music gear
1: mm, my grandmother modular moog, probably for oh, I sure want one,
0: I want one of those those are those are those are hot um
1: definitely the coolest thing I've ever owned in terms of gear. I like guitars, but I've always had guitars around. So guitars have become less impressive to me because my dad was a guitar player. So it kind of made me not want to play guitar, even though I still like to sit with my guitar and write like songs and I like my guitar and it feels home and all. But, um, I think like I identify my personality with being like a synth person.
0: I'm about that. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. so you're you're flying over the ocean you're on tour or whatever right you've got for whatever reason all of your record collection in the airplane and you only have time to save three as the plane goes down to play on your little killigan's island coconut powered radio what three albums are you grabbing
1: what three albums am i grabbing okay um cape bush hounds of love um Marilyn Manson, Mechanical Animals, Portishead, uh, the third album. Is it just called Three?
0: It is just called Three, uh, yeah.
1: Three. Um, probably those three. Yeah.
0: About it. It's
1: kind of, because there's like, that's just the three that came to my head, though. I feel like, I don't know, there are a lot of, I would really have trouble with that. I would really try to steal other albums, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> on my way but i guess if i had to pick <laughs> yeah no, i would just try to get my like kate bush would be like i need to get my I, I feel like i have like multiple personalities so kate bush is for my like um my like fairy side of my personality like the girl in me and then um man Manson is for like the rest of me and then um Portishead head is for like just because i just because i trip hop is like I need trip hop. I need to bring some kind of trip hop. So would it would be, would it have be either been Portishead or Bjork? But then I was really thinking about, it and I feel like I would listen to Portishead more. So I, I think Portishead.
0: That that makes sense. I can, that's I can get behind that a hundred percent. What mm-hmm. do you typically like to write about lyrically?
1: Lyrically, what do I like to write about? I mean, I like to write about. I like writing. Um, know It's kind of like a I I, I've written so many songs in my life and written so much stuff in terms of like writing writing that I feel like I don't even know how to answer that (laughs) but I guess I like to write about um I like to write songs that make me feel like I'm in another world like I like to write songs that make me feel like I am writing about a world that is, like, not within reach of this planet, but can only be obtained through sound, because those are the kind of songs that I really like, like, songs that make me feel just, you know, that indescribable kind of, like, uh, connection to whatever created us or whatever, not to get into, like, something else, but, (laughs) you know, like, music. (laughs) something yeah. like that i like to feel like disassociated i guess during music so i like to listen to stuff that makes me feel like um I'm, I'm somewhere else
0: yeah i other that, world that's why i do Is LSD. that a way to, yeah like, so
1: like miss like just like mystic you know just not yeah. earthly <laughs> yeah no, not the opposite of you
0: That that makes perfect sense. That's that's uh you know, music, Dungeons and Dragons and L S D are like the three things that I do to make that happen. So that I totally relate.
1: Yes, yeah. Like L (laughs) S D for sure. For sure. (laughs) LSD Dungeons and Dragons music. Sounds about right. I actually don't do L S D, but that's just because like I'm not good with hallucinating hallucinating I mean I would probably freak out too hardcore I'm more of a stoner
0: that's that's fair you know i mean it's yeah. it's not everybody has a good time. I feel like everyone should try it once either on on some spectrum but if it if you discover that it's not for you, then it's not for you that's there's no judgment here either way um what drives you as a musician
1: um, I guess. Well, for me, what drives me? Um, I mean, for me, I just want to make my life something that I enjoy. And I've never, I've always been like, I've never understood how or why we are all as a society, like, supposed to conform to this nine to five day to day. This is what you do. Like, even when I was a little kid, I didn't understand why I had to go to school if I didn't like school. It just didn't make sense to me why do I have to go to school? Like, and I still sort of feel like that, like rule, like I, and I always, so I've always just sort of wanted to walk my own path and, um, make my own life and make my life exactly, uh, like what I wanted it to be. So for me being an artist was like the ultimate and being a musician and doing it full time would be like the ultimate dream life for me so for me i just wanted i just i guess i just planned out in my head my life and was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make this happen <laughs> and i'm this sort of personality where like if i want to do something i make it happen and so that's what i've been trying to do uh for the last couple of years oh yeah uh yeah so
0: now now for my favorite my favorite question my favorite part of the show it's the hot takes corner um what is uh what's an unpopular opinion that you have that you know is true
1: uh, an unpopular opinion I have that I know is true.
0: What's your best hot take? Um, I
1: don't know. My best what? Hot take. Oh, hot take. Um, God, I don't even know. Unpopular opinion. I'm trying to think of something that, like,
0: uh, like, like for example, like mine would be like that. Ketchup should be banned from everywhere um you you know yeah it's 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 the worst um the one guy came on here and questioned the the shape of the world um and whether or not it's round or another shape um you get the idea I,
1: i actually well i do actually think that the world could be like anything i'm not sure if space exists i think space does exist but like space could also not exist but that's not my unpopular opinion my unpopular opinion is well i think that like Mariah Carey should never be played everywhere anywhere ever again ever. Um, wow <laughs> that's probably
0: <laughs> you, you brought her hate- up as like a vocalist to respect ten minutes ago and now you're just throwing mad shade, just like, no, stop the Mariah Carey.
1: Don't like Mariah Carey. <laughs> I just don't like her voice. <laughs> I don't even know. I just don't think she should be played ever. ever.
0: I-, I mean that's you're, all. you're not wrong uh yeah no <laughs> uh, not no, even the song she did with jay-z no all right. I don't care. all right yeah i don't care no no more no mariah carey none none with an earshot yeah. all right I, that's it, you nailed it song,
1: Like really, i don't even think i know that song though is that good is it no probably not <laughs> it's just not even worth it it's not funny. worth
0: it no. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah. So why did you just bring her up as your example of a great singer ten minutes ago?
1: I didn't bring her up as an example. But, oh, she is a well, she is a technically amazing singer, but that doesn't mean I like her voice. You know, there are people who like have great voices. You know, technically, that I just don't want to listen to. I've never. I like a voice is a really weird thing because it's like you cannot. There's always a unique. You know, everybody sounds unique. It's the one instrument that is, like, so... It's, like, the most unique instrument because it comes from inside of our body, right? Right. Um, So I think that sometimes I think the voice can be, like, a projection of something inside of yourself. And sometimes somebody can be a really technically amazing singer but have, like, no soul. And it just comes out like that. Like, you can be doing runs and, you know, just be, like, all over the place and have no soul. And you could be, like, a really basic singer and, like, you know, have a lot of soul and just fucking kill it. So, it, and then you could be, or you could just, you could also be really technically good and also have soul and just, like, be amazing. Like, you know, you could be, like, Mike Patton or York or something like that. who's like, amazing singers. Um, when I like their voices, I'm just not a huge fan of people that over-sing. I like songs that typically... Like, the R&B I actually do like is more like Maxwell and Charday where they they don't really over-sing. They um, sing enough for the song, I guess. Yes. So, people like Mariah Carey, yeah, they're technically amazing, but I don't want to listen to her music, because it's just not what I want to listen to.
0: Because she has no soul.
1: Not for me, <laughs> just when, when I... It just doesn't hit for me. I mean, everybody's different. My, my, you know, my, my dude I do queen of opera with doesn't even like Kate Bush and Kate Bush is one of my favorite singers. So it's okay to have a different opinion
0: oh, um, totally. and
1: still like score, but you know, I just don't really care for her.
0: Yeah. I don't necessarily have a different opinion. I just, sometimes Mariah Carey has been a guilty pleasure, but literally just the one song she does with Jay-Z. Cause I, 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 I love Jay-Z. I,
1: Fair enough. I, Jay-Z is cool. I, I like Jay-Z too. I kind of like um her Christmas song sometimes for like 10 seconds if I'm in a really good mood. <laughs>
0: and, the, and then you realize Maybe. it's Mariah Carey and you can't take it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. but then after like 10 seconds, I'm like, this has been enough. <laughs> I probably liked it a little more when I was 10. My sister had a Mariah Carey CD my big sister and maybe that's why i don't like her because she maybe she played it really loud or something i don't know i just don't really like her for some reason
0: fair enough yeah no all right no mariah carey we got it uh what's, but- <laughs> what's
1: a like really i don't know anyway go on <laughs>
0: I, I i think we've gotta figure it out, yeah i think it's, it's you're you're not wrong like it's, it's 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 she's not she's incredibly talented but it's not anything special you're you're absolutely right um for me yeah for you but there's a ton of huge mariah carey fans out there and you know god bless them i guess whatever uh (laughs) so what would you say is a common misconception you run into about being a musician like when you tell people that you're you're a musician what do you think that they think that's probably not accurate
1: what do they think that's not accurate um i think most of it's pretty accurate no i'm kidding uh I think they, um, I mean, I guess there's like, uh, I, I don't really feel like people like really meet me and I've never felt like entire, I've never felt like misunderstood, I guess. I don't usually feel misunderstood when people meet me or like they don't really. Cause I'm, I'm very one of those people. Like I bring myself everywhere I go. Like some people, you know, sort of shift in like their character to the audience. I don't do that. It's a problem in my life actually, because I'm don't know. I need to just like, sometimes there are times to be less melody and times to be more melody, but I'm not good at that. I'll just be melody. Um, uh, so I guess there's probably like a misconception musicians like me, especially have like high quality sounding music that we have more money than we really have. but like. Be, most of these indie people don't make a lot of money, especially from Spotify streams. So like if you go look at my Spotify plays like, Oh, she has 10,000 Spotify followers. It's like, great. But you know, you don't make very much money off of Spotify, which a lot of people don't know and don't care to support artists and realize like you need to go and like to actually financially support art that's smaller scaled, but seems like, you know, has indie success or is like underground cool to support these underground cool artists you know like they're not making any money from this spotify because of how it's set up and you gotta like actually go to band you gotta actually buy their merch you gotta actually go to their shows when there are shows
0: yeah a hundred percent yeah which god knows when that'll be in california holy shit but uh yeah no i just hit ten thousand streams on on one of my charts. Tur- i'm a i'm just about to hit it and it's like 20 bucks that I made off that like people really don't understand um exactly. like it's uh yeah exactly. so you know i mean and you know you do the math and you kind of get it like people pay 10 bucks a month on spotify if they listen to uh, 200 songs that's like a penny per song and that's with Spotify keeping none of it, which we know they keep most of it. So, you know, like it's 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 not easy, but yeah, that's why you gotta buy the t shirts and go to the shows and pay the patreons and that's why you know that's why we do this podcast to get you know independent artists you know out there like my we don't have the biggest following but it's growing and the more i can help other artists the more we all can kind of form a community because there's this weird sense of like uh competition i find like in the music scene right like
1: yeah i agree definitely a lot of competition there are I, I agree with you, but I'll go on if you had another point to say <laughs>
0: yeah no, but I, I just I just would like to see that change because it wasn't always that way uh, i I don't mm-hmm. think you know, I used to see the the Beatles and the Rolling stones the, the Paul McCartney would write songs for the stones all the time, like everybody used to get along, right now it's just like
1: oh, yeah, Other, yeah. I mean I think that there's not enough now uh, expect- pie
0: mm-hmm.
1: Everybody like she likes to size each other up and view each other as competition. And I mean, yeah, there should be the mentality of like it's there's it's room. You know, a person can be a fan of multiple artists.
0: Absolutely, and you know, realistically, the more you the more you reach out, the less of a dick you are, the more people like you. Uh, maybe.
1: I I hate when they're like people like I'll like sometimes I'll approach like some like really cool indie person. I'm just not even going to name names, but like, you know, some really cool indie person, and like, they're like really, they act like they're too good to talk to you. Like, and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I am too good. I am too much of a rock star. It's like, bro, you got a Patreon just like me. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you are not too good to talk to me because you got a couple write ups or something. Like, you know, that could happen to anybody tomorrow. And those people, they fuck up because then whoever that the person you snobbed later, something's going to happen with them. And then, you know, anyway, (laughs) something's going to happen with them, And then you'll be like, Oh, I wish I would have been nicer to them. Well, don't be a dick. Just be nice to everybody
0: exactly give me 20 bucks in a submit hub account i'll get you a couple of write-ups like it's not really that, that you know like it's it's we're all we're all str- having we're all fighting the same struggle and so, the enemy is definitely not other musicians it's definitely the the music industry at large <laughs> well
1: and so many people like i mean you can pay to you can pay for likes and sponsorships and stuff like that to make it look like you're real successful. It doesn't mean how many actual fans do you really have because sometimes people are just paying for stuff.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Um, you know, I made that mistake once, like a year ago, and like I, because I, like it was a total scam, right? Like, hey, give us twenty bucks and we'll send your music to some of our play playlist curators, right? I'm like, okay, great, right? And then they just got a bunch of bots to listen to my music. And now I'm still struggling with, you know, my Spotify fans also like page says, you know, like that I'm a mumble rap artist. Right.
1: Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: It does. But, you know, I'm, I'm fighting through it now. You know, now I've gotten to a place where I've got, you know, real people listening to my music. And like, you know, like a couple months ago, like some kid in Argentina, like drew a portrait of me and sent it to me. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Right. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I've had a couple people draw me. I fucking love that. That means you know you really actually touch somebody with your music, and that's like a real fan.
0: Exactly, and that's so and that's- much, so much more important to me than anything else. Like, it, you know.
1: Yeah. So many people buy those. Bo- I mean, you can see fake likes like pretty easily too, if you like are smart enough to figure it out. Oh yeah. Though the Spotify are more confusing because you can't really trace those.
0: Yeah, Spotify is a little bit tougher, but on Instagram, yeah, you go, you see someone has, you know, 100,000 followers on their Instagram account, but then they post a picture and, like, three people liked it, like, you know. Oh, I
1: noticed that. It's (laughs) like, oh, your traffic match. not match. That's interesting.
0: And then they hit you up and ask you for twenty bucks to repost like a picture of you on or a video of you playing guitar on their site, and you go and look, and it's like, it's like literally like four likes and three comments that say fire, right? And you're like, no, nobody's paying attention to this.
1: Nobody actually cares about you, dude. Right? That's so true. I have had a lot of those pages hit me up. I just ignore them.
0: Yeah, it's it's.
1: uh, Not paying for your sponsorship. I'll put money in the real promo if I'm going to do that
0: yeah exactly like it's do do you know how much how far like people don't understand how much farther $20 will get you on like you know just generic Facebook ads right like I can get in front of like 20,000 people who were like super targeted and into the bands that sound like me and like you know people are kind of annoyed by Facebook ads but at the end of the day you know it is what it is but that's so much more worthwhile an investment than someone who comes up to you and is like hey bro I'll, I'll i'll share your video to my four hundred thousand subscribers but none of them are real and none of them are into what you're doing
1: exactly exactly yes this is so true i agree same
0: if there was one thing i wish non-musicians knew about like the struggles of trying of the aspiring artist it's the sheer number of scams that are out there that are like prey on your hopes and dreams right like your music's good why aren't you popping yet
1: it's so sad cuz music's such a personal thing <laughs> and it's just like fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's def- that's what I'm- if you want to do it you really want to you really need to want to do it and know that you know people are going to look at you like you're fucking crazy at first <laughs> and it's going to suck at first like i'm mean, not suck like it's not going to be fun it'll be fun to do the music but not everybody's going to be like responsive and most people will not care about you at all and most people will ignore you for a really long time. I know even before with my music, the people I knew in my life like totally ignored I did music for like years <laughs> until very recently. Well, like a couple years ago or maybe like five years ago, then they actually started acknowledging that I'm kind of good at it. Thank God. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're spot on. Like it takes like three to five years to get to a point where you're kind of paying the bills. Um, you know, once you really start going. Like it's people don't understand mm-hmm. that. They they think, Oh yeah, they got, you know, wow, you have ten thousand people a month listening to your music? That's crazy, right? It's like yeah, twenty bucks. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe maybe I can get those ten thousand people, like I can get four of them to buy a t shirt, right? Like <laughs>
1: exactly yeah, No, right. It's really hard. And the, the labels make it, you know, so it's, it's really gatekeeped. So like gatekept, whatever gatekeepers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so really like all those, it's like, even if those major artists, if those major artists, you know, if Drake, if Drake's people, if Drake decided to break his contract tomorrow, um, and Drake put out an album, well, cause he's Drake, it would be famous. It would, you know, it would do well, it would never do as well as if he was connected to universal music and they got him on all those gigantic playlists that you see as soon as you open Spotify and you know, like those ads and just like all of that, it takes like, so it's like music. The music industry has nothing to do with talent at all. It's all about business.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm so, especially with Drake, I'm so convinced that Drake never would have made it if he didn't have a huge marketing machine behind him from the Degrassi days.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, he had a huge marketing machine and he had, I mean, I actually don't mind Drake, but, you know, he definitely, it it definitely helps to be, like, a mm-hmm. frickin', it, it helps to have a huge machine pushing you and have the best producers and best engineers in the world, you know, engineering and producing your music. And, you know, you were already famous because you were on Degrassi, so it worked out for him. He clearly still had something because there's something that's resonating with all these people. So yeah. I have to acknowledge people, like, everybody that's, like, at the top of, like, there is some reason they're there for some reason. I mean, sometimes it might just be, like, also, I think, like, my sister had told me the other day. She's like, Melody, like, you realize most people just like anything that is played a lot at them. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter. So it could just be these people are getting lucky, but I don't know.
0: Uh, that, that's I do- part of it. Drake has I mean-
1: an awesome producer, though. Uh, so, yeah.
0: He he does, he does. But I I, I saw Drake once, like at, at a music festival, and I was just so underwhelmed uh, by his live performance that I just have never listened oh. to him since.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's funny. That's I've never seen him live.
0: Yeah, I like.
1: Oh, I like The Weeknd like more than Drake. I think oh, The Weeknd's yeah. talented. The Weeknd's
0: so good. Like everyone, everyone gets yeah. mad at me because I, I talk all kinds of shit on Juice World all the time. Like, and I know rest in peace, whatever he passed away. Um, but like, I don't get it. I don't understand why people enjoy that or even call it music. Um, Juice WRLD? yeah. And like, cause I I discovered that like it was at the top of the alternative rock charts the other day, like a Juice World Marshmallow remix. I'm like, neither of those are alternative rock artists. This, there's nothing even remotely in this song that falls into that genre. Why are you taking over my charts, right? Not that I'm anywhere close to those charts, but you know, it just it it, it, it like set me off on one. So I went to go like find his I'm like, it it's not good i don't get it it just like really it took me on like this two days spiral of like ranting about why is juice world popular and my brother told me it's because i'm old and that i don't get it but there's so many artists that i might be too old to that i love like fucking the weekend is fucking phenomenal it's phenomenal yeah
1: he is uh well juice world was like I think he came in for like that place that XX Tentation left. And I think he was way better than Juice World. Like he was way more talented. Like his music was like cool. It was and uh very like and it's cool and I do love um that there's like a rock influence in the hip hop world that's like taking over mainstream and all. Um I'm not I don't really listen to Juice World though, so I have no opinion on his music. <laughs>
0: That's that's, that's I don't fair.
1: Think heard one song by him. Yeah,
0: I, I I hadn't either until I saw that you know. But like I know that my brother's really into him, right? So I saw that he added track at the yeah. top of the alternative rock charts. I'm like, I'll go check that out. No, I was I was terrified, I was oh, sad, it. Yeah, oh, but you yeah. know maybe maybe He's, that's just me.
1: Fair enough. I mean, he did a song with the weekend. I think that's the song I've heard by him. Is the song by him with the weekend? Just because I wanted to listen to the song by the weekend. I liked it because The weekend was in it, probably, though. I don't yeah. really know what he sounds like outside of that. <laughs> Best in peace. I don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's that's all you can say at the end of the day, right? So um, what are you hoping to accomplish in the years to come with, with this project?
1: Well, I would really um, like to reach a wider audience. And then I want to put out... Um, I want to do eventually a really high quality music video or a few. I haven't really gotten a chance to do any of them yet. And I actually am very passionate about film and visual arts. I realized is something that I actually have always had a talent for, but like I kind of denied or didn't feel like I had a talent for it. But lately, like I'm starting to feel like I really like doing this. So um, I would really like to get really creative with a, like a high budget video and had to have that, <clears throat> to have those resources. I would also like to have like a really high budget show, just really more, not like high, high budget, but just like higher budget. <laughs> you know, I want to have my rockstar show eventually. Um, just because it's my dream to do like art at that high level of being able to put together something that incredible on stage. Cause I have a vision for queen of the tech opera that I am still aiming for. And it's a really big vision that requires like a lot. So <laughs> it's still not entirely there yet, but it's, it's closer than it's ever been. And I'm really proud of it. So.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's fucking awesome. I, I love that. Cause, uh, Uh, I mean, well, for one, like, the first thing, like, if I could ever afford to pay somebody with my music to do something for me, so everything's DIY in-house with me. Like, the first thing I'm doing is getting someone to do my video editing. That's my, like, least favorite part of all of this. Uh. Right. But I'm also, I'm also, my main gig, my day job, or at least was before COVID, was I, I'm also a stagehand. I do, I work with IATI doing uh, lighting, design, and sound. So, like, that's, I'm all about those well, big stadium shows and putting them together and that kind of yeah.
1: like it's it's art like to put together those big like amazing because i'm a concert going like nerd i've been to so many shows and i've been to like a lot of big shows and small shows i've seen all sorts of shows and so i've always just had the dream for queen of stack opera for it to be like this big like kind of a big like theatrical uh you know almost like i want to say like glam rock experience but not sounding glam rock but like the idea of like it's just a big show I want you know I want musicians and I want it to be aesthetically like amazing looking I want it to be an experience um with like you know be able to do it with the fog and the lighting and the perfect Pam you know the stuff that like really big artists get which what sucks is like those artists will have really bad music but get like the greatest of everything else around them and so it always made me want to be like what would it be like if we had like a big artist with that level of like almost a pop show that was actually doing like really good music like what would it be like so that's what i wanted queen of Static opera's show to be like that in a way like a pop show that's not pop
0: yeah no, I absolutely, like, I've had, like, the. I've been lucky enough in the past couple of years to be on the lighting cruise for, uh, like, Tame Impala and Muse, and those guys do it right. Like, it's, it's, yeah, sure. it's massive. Um, just, like, lasers shooting out of the eyes from behind the video screens so, and shit. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. I want, like, gigantic, I want, like, you know, giant holographic, like, everything. I remember I saw Rob Zombie once, like, his show is like so visual and so like an immersive world experience. And then his band is so tight. And actually like the only thing I was disappointed about with Rob Zombie was like himself, that his voice was, his voice was kind of like not as amazing as I thought it was. Like his voice was good, but his, he was like, I could tell he sounded a little bit drunk, I guess. I think (laughs) like that's all he was running around on stage and everything. But I was like saying in comparison, I think Rob Zombie in his prime young would have been like, really 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 incredible um but anyway he was just a little bit drunk at that show i happened to see but yeah. um god it was an amazing show though like and i would love to have like a visual kind of and i thing, like big those big industrial acts are always usually male though but um i wanted to do like rob zombie marilyn manson but like modern like a gigantic visual industrial metal um pop almost i say pop because it's like somebody like somebody like marilyn manson and rob zombie is pop to me um like pop show where it's just a gigantic like immersive uh experience
0: yeah no it's it's I, i i there's a ton of that out there and there's definitely i would love to see that too i think your music like really fits well uh with with that kind of uh atmosphere i think you could you know, it sounds like you have the vision to pull it off, like if you could get the funding. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. If we but with that said, you're not, we haven't done that. So, what is the best show you've ever played?
1: Uh, probably like Bar Sinister. Cause just cause that venue is really fucking cool. It's a really cool place in LA and Hollywood. It was a, a big show and it was like, um, I decided I, just, I don't know, it was a lot of. I had my full band in that show, and it was just a fun experience. And I wish that stuff would open so I could play more shows, because <laughs> I really miss playing shows. I love playing shows. I'm um, I love rehearsing even for shows. Like I'm the person like I make my band like rehearse like over and over. And I like enjoy it, and they're like, "Can we be done?" And I'm like, "Let's keep going." <laughs> <laughs> I want to rehearse over and over. I just love doing it. So much, and sometimes they're tired of me. But um, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm sure my roommate's absolutely sick and tired of me rehearsing at ridiculous hours. Like it's it's oh, it's, sure. it's a thing. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you, you know it t- it takes serious hours to really get comfortable with your material enough even though you wrote and everything like people don't understand like to be so comfortable with it that you're just comfortable on stage and playing flawlessly and still interacting with the crowd and that kind of thing like it's it's, it's huge
1: yeah well they don't understand like when you go on stage it's like suddenly your arms and your legs and you're like retarded and you can't do anything and everything (laughs) is suddenly harder on stage at least that's how it starts out or like how it feels because the tension and the energy of going on stage can be so hard on people when they're first learning how to perform. Um, But then when you break through it, it's like really amazing. And afterwards, like I always feel like amazing actually after a show, because I feel like such a, I did it. (laughs) Yay, I did it kind of feeling. And that's what I've always like did. But you know, I've messed up at shows. I've had really good shows. Most of my shows, at least latter, I've gotten to be a pretty good live artist thank god so but no i i struggled at first with my shyness and stuff like that
0: right on um so yeah my my last question is a fun one if you could step into my shoes and interview yourself what would you have asked yourself that i didn't
1: what would I have asked myself i would have um I would personally want to know. Well actually I'm really surprised you didn't ask me where my name came from cuz everybody asked me that. So that's probably what I would ask me. <laughs> I'd be like where did my name came from? come from. Oh
0: yeah, I well, have I'm, that, I'm actually- I have that question written down and I skipped it like an idiot.
1: <laughs> I no, I mean, I'm fine with that, actually, because the question's kind of stupid, I suppose. I mean, it's not that stupid. It's just like, an, it, I mean, it kind of, it's not like, it's definitely one of the least interesting questions to ask me, but I would almost ask myself just because, it, just because it's like funny that you didn't ask me and I always get asked that. That's <laughs> probably like one of the only things I ever get about Queen of the Stack Opera is they're like, where did you come up with that name? <laughs> um, the name came from, <laughs> just answer it real quick. <laughs> name came from because i used to record demos on um like a microphone that was really cheap and left a lot of static on my vocals so i just like came up with this opera thing because i was obsessed with phantom of the opera at the time and like theater and uh stuff like that i never actually did theater i just like liked the idea of it (laughs) i guess it's just i don't know why cause I was actually not shy or cool enough or I was not, uh, not shy. I was not like outgoing enough to be a theater kid. Really? Like I went to performing arts school for like six months for dance when I was, um, a freshman in high school, but then I dropped out of it cause I didn't have any friends and was really awkward and I just didn't like it. So after that, I don't remember where I was going with this. Uh, <laughs> because my roommate just shut the door really loud like they um, do What?
0: Like they do. I, I love how you went and ch- went back and backtracked and changed uh outgo- from, from cool to outgoing with theater kids cuz I didn't know being cool was a requisite to being a theater kid.
1: I mean, I guess I they didn't they're really not cool, that's true. They're not. But I just wasn't a theater kid cuz like they had more friends than me. I was like a smoker shed like Smoke behind the shed, kind of like I ditch class and I wear all black and I pierce my own lip with a needle in my room and I'm really weird kind of kid. So I had like a couple friends and I, I made, but I wasn't like, I wasn't really like a friend that would, or a person that would participate in something as extracurricular as theater. So that's why I never became a theater kid, even though I had a lot of interest in theater. So I think that's why I guess with Cleanestag Opera, that name and everything, I, made it like my own
0: little psycho theater show oh yeah okay yeah. no that's that, that's good and yeah actually it, it was that was my first question i was gonna ask and i just glossed over it like a like a dumb shit. but not not specifically where the name come just more like what's the origin of the band is more oh, that i just yeah. i blew it that's that's my fault <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, but that's that's all I got for you. Any last words for for the audience? Um,
1: check out my stuff on Bandcamp, Queen of the Static Opera, and yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't really have any final words.
0: That's that's fine. Well, thank okay. you. You nailed it. Uh, this has been uh, this has been I like your style with Oliver Bryson with Queen of the Static Opera. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.